Hello. Hello, Will Brown. Hello, Ashley Bryce. Queen and Bryce. I had some problems there. It was asking me not to break the law if I start a, start a show, so they must have updated. They must know what you're up to. Do not break the law. And I had to click, I will not. That's good. Because you're not going to break any law. Um, but hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Myth of the Clyde. We've got the papers, we've got the news, so you don't have to buy and waste your money during the week when it's nothing exciting going on. But we actually do have some exciting stuff today, don't we? Mostly. Always. Um, always something going on. The thing I wanted to talk about first, because we were, just, we were discussing earlier on, like, before I come on air, I like to play it on air. Before I come on to record the podcast, I like to record, I like to listen to like a wee music to get me in the mood, to make me feel pumped and like ready to go do some business. <clears throat> so we were thinking what we're going to do is make a wee Mouth of the Clyde um, sort of Spotify playlist that we'll share with you guys. So if you want to, if you want to subscribe to that, we're going to share that on our Instagram at Mouth of the Clyde. So you can go on there, we'll Did you get a second in went... another show? <clears throat> no, it just cut you off. Oh, sorry. You went quiet. Sorry. Um, so I, we've got a lot of exciting stuff going on in Mouth of the Clyde this week because this coming Friday night, we have a exclusive chat where I'll be talking to Kirsty McGregor Burns. Hello? Hello? Just... Hello? Oh, you invited I... me again to a show? I, that's what I'm saying, it came up on mine. Anyway, moving on. Uh, this Friday, we've got, um, I'm going to be talking to Kirsty McGregor Burns, who's a psychic medium. Um, she's going to be on Friday the 19th at 9pm, and you can chat to her, pose questions live, um, and she'll have a chat with you. That's going to be amazing. And also on Friday, we're giving away a chocolate smash heart from Smash Hearts and Riverclides. You'll get a big chocolate um, heart and the hammer to smash it all up, and you can enjoy that all weekend long. Um, we've got other stuff coming up as well. We've got an interview with Angela. She's a photographer um, at the Image Angel. And we've got interviews with Cakes by Siobhan. We've got so much this week. It's a good week to be listening to Mouth of the Clyde. And right now we've got the, the news for you. Yeah, I also I may have mine going up over the week on Friday, but I have to speak to the other person I'm working with. Yeah, we've had a lot on. Um, yeah. But before we sort of get into the news and stuff, we like to have a wee bit of random chat, sort of off the cuff, and just to get us into it. So, what were you, what were you suggesting we speak about today? Right. So, I've seen two things. Yeah. I've seen a lady in Lanc- in Lanarkshire who thought she bought a micro pig, and it turned out not to be a micro pig. Fifteen year old had her parents buy her a pig thinking it was that, and now it's 20 stone and living in our three-bedroom house. That's happened to me. I'm not 20 stone. That wasn't my crow. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just couldn't resist the opportunity for the joke. Yeah. The pig's name is Francisco. Can you actually buy a pig that will stay, like, tiny its whole life? Yeah, a pot belly. Like, one of those kind of... That was the Oh, you shouldn't have told me that, because I'll get one. If you, I, oh, I remember that was one of the cool things about George Clooney when I was younger, is he had a potbelly pig. And you'd see him cuddling his, you'd see old George cuddling his potbelly pig. Oh. Um, what else have you got? We're random chat just now. Oh, uh, have you ever lost anything on a on a plane or like lost anything when you're 
You're flying. I have. I have. I, I've lost a lot of stuff, actually. A lot of expensive stuff, usually, because usually what you take in the plane with you is hand luggage, is, like, the dearest stuff you've got. But I remember when I was uh, a wee girl, I, I was maybe three or four, I was going to Bulgaria, and my uncle Andrew had, like, a, one of Nintendo uh, games, like the grey one, like the old one. A Game Boy? Uh, a Game Boy, I and so he had games with it that I liked playing, and I had that, like, a special like clear sort of like rucksack thing that had all my wee toys in it, all my wee bits I was taking the plane. And my uncle Andrew very kindly gave me a loan of his um his his game a, a game console and the games that came with it. Um, and obviously it's a big deal back then because they're expensive. It's not as the way they are now; they're just sort of everywhere. But he gave me a loan of it, and then I had a nap on the plane. My bag was under the chair. I think I was lifted off the plane, and by the time we realised, like it was gone. It was well gone. And so I lost his thing. And so, I, oh, I still feel guilty about that. Have you ever? Oh, not really. Like, I mostly keep things in my pockets. I have my man bag super glued to me, so I've never really lost anything. Andrew lost a... My brother lost a, a turtle before, a toy turtle. Then oh, so you went a real one? Which no. wouldn't put past Andrew? No, it wasn't. It was It was the one from the... Hide, the claymation thing called Creature Comforts, and it had a wee headband on. Oh, I did leave a, an iPad on a plane before, like in the seat back pocket, like where the like magazines and stuff are. Because I guess I didn't see it because it was really thin. Because it was an iPad, like um, mini, like Air or something like that. It was tiny, so it just looked like the magazine. So I forgot that there. Um, but I realised really quickly, and I said to the staff at the gate, and that showed my my seat number, and they were able to go in my my seat and get that back like straight away. So thank goodness for that. But that's a horrible thing to happen. Yeah. So where I was going with that was. There were a wee boy called Hagen, who was two, who left his Buzz Lightyear on a plane. Oh. And what they did, though, the staff at Southwest Airlines took pictures of Buzz beside the plane engines and on the runway and stuff like that, then sent it back to him. Oh, so Buzz had a wee adventure? I'll read the letter because, like, I'll try not to climb up up. here, right? To Commander Hagen. I'm very excited to return from my mission, from completing my mission. I was able to explore the airport and the spaceport in Little Rock, Arkansas. While I was away, I have included photos of my adventure. My journey has been thought... Oh, my journey has taught me a lot. Oh, it's all done in, like, big block writing, so it's hard to read. It's taught me a lot, uh-huh. but I am so thankful to return to my buddy, to infinity beyond your buddy, Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger. That's amazing. I would have probably made his days. Well, his wee toy back. Yeah, especially if he's got the, he's got all the pictures and stuff to prove it pretty was. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's nice. Um, we move on now to where sort of Greenock Inverclyde news. Are you ready for that? Let's Inverclyde it up. Okay. Um. So we'll start by going through the, the Greenock Telegraph. So if you're not familiar with the show, what we do is we through local news. We give you our opinions on it. Um. But we do still encourage you to buy uh, papers and stuff and support journalism because it's a troubled industry um, so the, the Greenock Telegraph we're looking at today, one thing that caught my eye first was a 68 year old philosopher from Inverclyde with a debilitating health condition I've said, although I don't know why that's relevant to the story at all, is entering politics for the first time at age 68 years old former Greenock Academy pupil Dr Catherine McCall is standing for election as a list MSP under a pro-union alliance backed by veteran politician George Galloway so as you know, the election is coming up on the 6th of May. Registration for postal vote and that closes April 6th. And there's a link for that on the Mouth of the Clyde Instagram. You'll find that if you want to register for that, just to see if you go going out and keep yourself safe and stuff. But 
That's interesting to say to get into politics that late in life. Yes, what age was Trump? That's that's a regular age now. I guess so. I suppose. Um, another thing: more than 120 criminals on unpaid work punishments in Inverclyde have been idle for months. A local council said victims are being let down. So this is sort of part of a probe that's gone in nationwide. That's going to be in, we're going to cover it a wee bit later as well in some of the the bigger papers across the country. Um, that it was like I think 300,000 hours of community service work that's backlogged because your community service unit issued apparently. It has to be completed over a certain time period, usually within a year or within 18 months or something. Um, but because of the, the pandemic and restrictions, that's not been able to happen. So in Inverclyde, 120 criminals are saying have been left idle for months because of COVID. Um, officials in charge of... Can you stop that? Sorry, oh, I didn't know it would be loud. Officials in charge of community payback orders called CPOs estimate that it could take up to 15 months to clear the build-up of more than 6,000 hours imposed on 126 offenders since the first lockdown in March last year. It's unclear still when they're going to be able to go back to normal, given the restrictions. Further hours, meanwhile, are, are, are now being added to the backlog because the Sheriff Court is still continually issuing um, this unpaid work sentences as an alternative to prison. Um, and the Freedom of Information Act, in, investigated by the Telegraph today, has revealed that a total of 5,814 unpaid work hours were notified to Inverclyde HSCP by Greenock Sheriff Court between March 23rd, 2020 and March 29th, 2021. Um, and we go into the national papers as well, it's telling us that over the, the 2020 period, there was like a 68% downturn in the amount of community service that was done across Scotland last year. So that's massive. I don't know how they're going to catch up on that. Is it not just like gardening and painting things and painting? I'm not really there? sure. I've never done community service. I know someone that has, and I think they was painting like community fences and like the railings down at the Esplanade and stuff like that. We've got a comment okay. already. All right, we'll that in. Community service does that will never work, and fucking. That's a conservative. That's why we're getting so many cuts and why why public service is so under stress and victims are getting let down. I'd, I'd ask Boris. That's a good point. I've got plenty to fucking lay into Boris way today because he's getting on my fucking nipple ends. So we'll be getting laid into Boris in a bit. Not to worry, Freddie. Don't worry. Um, other Inverclyde news. It's actually a good thing this time. They've got holiday hubs been going on over the Easter break for kids between the ages of 5 and 18. The hubs will run Monday to Friday, half eight to half four, located in Port Glasgow Community Campus and Clayview Academy in Gurok. Um, and the schools are sending application forms to the, to the families. So um, if you haven't received that yet, you can ask your, your kids' school and stuff like that. But that's a good wee thing. Um, it, the local authorities work in partnership with local organisations such as Bernardo's to provide the, the two holiday hubs for young people between ages five and 18. So that's a good wee thing. Is that like a play scheme? Like, I like a play scheme. And another thing for the under twenty ones as well, or oh, it's saying almost fifteen thousand young people under twenty one in Inverclyde will become eligible for free bus travel this summer. Um, that's due to a policy with between the government and the Green Party, and figures say that just under fourteen thousand people in Inverclyde will be eligible for that. So if you're under twenty one, look into it and see if you're eligible for bus travel and get yourself out and about this summer. God knows you've been locked in enough, so once you're allowed out, break free. Break free on your buses. Is that the whole of Scotland, or could you just travel Inverclyde? Is it like an I don't old know, it just, says, it just says free buses, I'm not sure. Aye. Because on my on my nan's bus pass, she can go 
right to the borders, then she has to start paying for buses as soon as she crosses the border. I'm, my mother-in-law does it. She goes on like wee journeys up north and all that sort of stuff, just in random wee days out. And I would as well see if I was like, retired and a wee free bus pass, I would take off. Don't we buses? Um, but you know the have you had to the, the Caledonian bar in the Port Glasgow? Caledonian bar. I I would have to know what it is. I think is it front. Um, I think it is. It's, um, it's, it's owned by that David Carroll anyway, who does the furniture place. I think it's Carroll's Furniture, but he has um been hauled in front of the council anyway because he's had live acts on in the pub, including DJ George George Bowie. Um, playing, it was on the bar in Princess Street in Port Glasgow and the environmental health officer that came out to investigate the complaint states says it was the worst case she'd experienced in over 30 years. David Carroll said he did everything possible as part of £100,000 refurbishments to minimise the noise um, but the woman that owns the flat up the stair, because um, the Caledonian bar used to be a betting shop, the woman that upstairs owns it says that her tenant was living there with her daughter, they'd never been problems before but the noise coming from this place was horrendous. The tenant couldn't sleep and try to move, try to go elsewhere, move out. Um, and this woman, uh, Cecilia Conway, says that she's no idea why a live music license was granted for it when it's near residential places. There was noise, antisocial behaviour, girls fighting, doors banging, and smokers outside make a noise. I had rented out the flat for thirteen years, and there was never a problem before this pub. Um, the bar has been issued with a warning letter, and they have to liaise with environmental health over noise levels. I had a look and I know what it was, but at one point we lived over a bar. We did. Well, I I still, like, not new because of the pandemic, but that bar at the end of our street, they get very loud and we still hear it, and that's a way down the street. But I always stayed above the, what's that bar called? We stayed above in Brown School. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Carnock. Carnock. I was trying to remember. I know it's the street name. Uh, Carnock Bar was, was a strange, it's a strange one. I've seen. Spider Man getting battered by a nun outside of there. Oh, you've we got would that. hang out the window and we would listen to the fights going on outside. And I once heard the quote of a man saying, "A woman, a woman sent another woman, don't bother fighting with him. It's not worth it. He's not worth the effort. It's not your fault. He's a Wayne Wee's auntie." And I was just like, "Right, that's enough cleaning up for me for the night. Going to bed." If you leave your your window open, also like it smelled like Amsterdam. Mm, it did. Um, speaking of which, by the way, remember we were talking about the other night that they was found a grand in Battery Park, just wrapped yeah. in a thing. Um, drugs and cash have been seized on a raid in a house in Wims Bay, acting on a tip off. Uh, they say a quantity of heroin, co- cocaine, and cash was discovered. A 61 year old man, 26 year old male, and a 22 year old female have all been reported to Procurator Fiscal. You think so could, be in, could be in relation, who knows? I'm not suggesting that, but. I don't know, it's a close area. Um, but another good thing they've got, the there's an app now that's getting offered to the people that work at River Clyde Homes. They've got 300 um, workers that will get the, the phones for their work and they're getting a first aid app installed on it. Um, its aim is to give staff basic knowledge that can make a big difference. It covers everything from allergic reactions to choking, diabetes, and even a step-by-step guide to performing CPR. Um, and the, the staff are going to be sort of issued with that, but be better just to put them all through first aid training. I mean, I suppose it's a good thing, but it's not yeah. formal training, is it? I mean, like, your first thing when somebody's choking is not to be like, oh, let me get my app out and have a read. Yeah. Alexa, how do you... I'm you shouldn't not... have said I'll... that because she's going to speak to you now. Oh, she did. So that's right. why I was like, quiet. But um, I to give you a quick COVID update as well in Inverclyde, a total of 241 people have died in the last quarter of 2020. 
National Record of Scotland data shows that registrations were made for 130 women and 111 men between October 1st and December 31st. The highest number of female deaths recorded was 52, was in the 85 plus category, and male deaths were at the highest in the 75 to 84 age group, which I'd imagine, total of 38. Just silence, just absolute silence. I know. Not I was, it's, the COVID thing goes on every day at the minute, and it's just numbers. Like, I, yeah, I, I know. Um, we did put on Mouth of the Clyde Instagram, though, if you're able to help, because there's a, a young girl at Edinburgh University student, and she's doing a study into mm. this area's shipbuilding past, um, and she, she's studying Scottish ethnology. So if you go in there, you'll be able to get her details. Her name's Anna McDonald, a student at Edinburgh Uni in her fourth year. She's doing this research as part of her dissertation. So if you can help her on that topic, if you can, the email address is on most of the Clyde Instagram, as I said, but um, it's s one seven six zero nine zero five at ed.ac.uk. But you can find it on our Instagram and you can email yeah. Anna and help her with that. Um, you get any, do you know any news for us? Yes. I just wanted to mention that the Royal Navy aircraft carrier, the HMS Queen Elizabeth, was on the Clyde today for the first time. Oh, is that this right? Is, yeah, this is the largest and most powerful vessel ever constructed for the Royal Navy. It's, it can carry up to 40 aircraft. And it could it sailed past Wims being good up this morning before heading up to Loch Long. All right, that's cool. That's all I've got for sort of green looking news. Have you got anything else local or do you want to move on to Scotland wide? Let's move on to Scotland wide. That's uh, cool. yes, right. Scotland stuff. <clears throat> um I'll go on to first probably the most one of them it's a lot of depressing stories lately, I can't help it, it is what it is. Um I'm... the UK's national statistician said that he had no doubt there'd be a further wave of COVID nineteen infections in the autumn. This is Professor Sir Ian Diamond, head of the Office for National Statistics, said that a lot of regional variation in terms of how many people have antibodies. <clears throat> His comments come after England's chief medical officer, Professor Chris Whitty, said there were still risks to reopen society and the UK will experience another surge of cases at some point, potentially in late summer or through the autumn and winter. So we could potentially be back in this fucking ship again. It's not really changed anyway, has it? We come out no, of like I ten mean, minutes. She's, and... she's making that. I mean, Nettlesurgeon's making an announcement tomorrow, and she's supposed to be um, sort of easing things up a wee bit. But we'll see. I, I, I really don't know. I've, I've given up now completely. I just I don't really care anymore. I'm just I'm taking to the fact that I'm going to have to stay in my house, and that's it. I'm staying in. It's the only difference is is the open TK Max up the port. Oh, it's open. We can go. Uh, there's been drama as well going on with the Oxford AstraZeneca virus. People saying that it's causing blood clots. There is evidence to suggest the evidence does not suggest that the AstraZeneca vaccine is the cause of blood clots, says the UK regulator. Um, but precautionary steps have been taken in Ireland and in Germany to suspend the vaccine. Um, countries are being been urged to continue using the vaccine from the World Health Organization said there is no indication of a link between the jabs and blood clots it's just ridiculous nonsense it takes place in a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the population I've got the actual figure if I can just try and find it have you heard about this though, about this blood clot business? Yeah, it got me worried because my mum is thinking to blood clots and I know you are because of a uh... Diabetes, and I wasn't. I was actually wondering what ones that both of you got. I got the Oxford AstraZeneca. 
Well, that's, that's a panic if it makes blood clots and you've got... No, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion. Like, I think it's like 99.9999% of people were fine and the, the people that got it was like 0.0008 or something. That's a tiny nominal fraction of it. It's, it's not anything. See, on that, how lucky are you, though? Aye, that's true. That is true as well. Um, going there nationally on the the sort of the unpaid work thing, the, the community service, a total of three hundred thousand hours of payback um, across Scotland. It follows a twelve month extension under Scottish government coronavirus legislation for unpaid work and other orders to be completed. Just under four, just four thousand two hundred fifty six hours were completed district wide between April last year and the start of twenty twenty one compared to 13,500 hours for the corresponding period the previous year. So, like I said, that's a 68% drop, and that's um, grown in Angus. So that's just one example of it sort of across the country, but it's a massive amount of hours that are sort of going undone. Yeah, they've not <clears> found <throat> a way to work from home for that yet. So No, they haven't. See, like, really, it would be a good idea. Well, I don't know. It's just me mooting something. But people that have got these things, it's obviously said is an alternative to sending them to jail in these times when they can't do the um, like community service and stuff like that. Why not put them on the like, online courses or something, whether it's the Open University or whatever? Maybe they could get trained in something if if they want to. Like, no, every day I'm not saying that every day that it commits a crime is untrained and stuff. But if, if instead of doing this, you could maybe work towards some of your community service hours if you wanted to by doing studies or something like that. So when you come out of the pandemic. You've sort of got a plan, you've learned something new, you've just no waste of the time. And then you could really pay back to the community because you'd, you'd have like maybe a trade or maybe if you've learned art, you'd have a new interest or something like that, then it'd be an actual good yeah. thing for people. And some ways you, they're like, oh, we don't know what to do with them. Put them out there to work in the sense of like, have them help deliver things or have them like, like that, like with, with that sort of thing. Like, you know, the... Yeah, but then you're, you're, put, you're putting them at risk also, aren't you? Like they, should, yeah. they shouldn't just be at risk because they've committed a crime. Like They should still be safely. Yeah, um, that was... No, it's thought. an idea, though. Like, there's no such thing as a bad idea in brainstorming. Um, but another thing, Citizens Advice Scotland said they're recording record high numbers of people looking for advice as they struggle to cope with household bills during COVID, as you'd expect. Um, and debts owed by Scots are sold up to £31 million, which is just staggering. It's saying um, and a, a, the average debt of somebody is £9,678. It's just huge. And well, it's kind of like there's no end in sight as well, isn't there? No. It's, I, I've never looked at how much debt I've got, but it's probably up there. Yeah. Um, we spoke last week about the Rangers fans who destroyed memorial benches and stuff when they were up in Glasgow. Um, the fans have since raised some money to replace the benches damaged by the supporters, um, and they're, they're, they're to be sent a bill, it says, by city, city leaders in Glasgow Council. Um, and council bosses will ask the organisers of the fundraiser to pay around £4,000 to cover the cost of the celebrations in George Square. So uh, a further £4,000 is needed to replant flower beds well, damage to the lawn is city costs around £3,000 to fix. So, fair enough. So, we've obviously looked back on it and said we were overexcited. We've done what we've done and stuff like that. But we've raised the money. We'll pay back. We'll get it fixed and stuff like that. So, I'm I'm happy with that if you are. It, it, it seems all right. They're paying back for what they did. They were all yeah. a, bit, a wee bit excited. Mm-hmm. Happy for that. Probably shouldn't have been no, they shouldn't have been out and it was dangerous and stuff, but what's done is done and they've, they've realised that they broke the things, they should do the right thing, which is good. So I like that. Um, another football thing, since I'm getting into football news now, I've got all the knowledge, a film about 
<clears throat> the abuse of children at Celtic's feeder team has been released. The Celtic Boys Club scandal features testimonies of survivors and the families of victims and journalists. A number of senior figures linked to the youth team, linked to the youth team, sorry, have been jailed for sex abuse in the South Links to Parkhead outfit were detailed in a report published by Scottish Football Association earlier this year. The movie is free to watch and has so far clocked up more than 15,000 views. Um, and you can see it, it's called The Celtic Boys Club Scandal on YouTube. I remember reading <clears throat> about that. That was not a good not a good look for them. No, it doesn't sound... I mean, it's not something I was aware of at all, so uh, I didn't know. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. There are a lot that went round about it. Um, right, another Glasgow thing they're proposing turning like sort of areas in the middle of Glasgow into European style plazas and pedestrian friendly streets under plans as inspired by Rotterdam um, and that's sort of ahead of COP26 climate conference being held in Glasgow supposedly this year um, so there would be sort of doing more cycling lanes and like nice wee sort of plazas and things like no that foot sit traffic and, sort of thing uh, sit and, and eat something and they want to encourage a greater diversity of people living there. Retail, hospitality and leisure is all part of the experience. But how the city is experienced by a child, by families, by the elderly, is making sure we have a city centre that's got something for everyone. Well, we always and sit outside. It's, it's focusing on neglected, quote-unquote, areas of the city centre, including Townhead, Kilcadden's, and the so-called learning quarter of universities and colleges and the Merchant City. Merchant City's got a shitload of money spent in it. Why are they worrying about Merchant City? And they just stick a couple of plastic seats outside. We've got a comment here, Dashie. I go for it. I don't know, Celtic, they're, they're renowned for being pedos. Yep. I just don't know anything about football. I'm absolutely useless when it comes to it, so, so I'm going to hear them. What it was, was look back in, I think it was the 60s or 70s, the, the young boys team was getting child molested. Then there were, Jesus. A, there were an argument that always came up that the Jock Steen, the Celtic manager at the time, like, was he in the know about it or not? That's the biggest argument that always came up. Was like, did Big Jock know? Mm. And like, that would be like the first thing a Ranger supporter would say to a Celtic supporter would be Big Jock knew, and they would be like, no, it didn't. So no one really knows what the, the actual thing is of it. Mm. Like, Will you be watching that documentary? Are you want to check that I'll, out? I'll give it a watch. It'll be a, a difficult watch. Mm. Sad. Yeah. I wonder what the like the Celtic team like sort of management and stuff think of that because if it's up for free and people can watch that readily and stuff, like I wouldn't imagine they're happy about that. It's a part of history that they kind of yeah. got your own now, and like, uh, it happens. It'll, it. it'll never happen again. Um, we spoke on Sunday about Boris uh, speaking at the Tory Party conference online, the Scottish Tory Party conference online. Um, it was expected that he would use his keynote speech to sort of virtually speak to them and explicitly rule out Indy Ref 2, even if the SNP wins a majority of seats in the 6th of May election. But the Prime Minister instead, pla- instead placed emphasis on how it was up to Scottish Tories to, quote, again stop the SNP from winning a majority in May, just like they did in 2016. The only party that can cut the SNP down to size, apparently, said that Labour can't be trusted and that the COVID battle had demonstrated the quote-unquote brilliance of the union um, and sought to underpin um, the announcement by announcing the relocation of more than a 1,000 UK government jobs to Scotland. Michael Gove, the walking ball sack, announced that um, he'll be in Glasgow today to 
coal locate the engine room of the UK government in Scotland, he says, by creating a new cabinet office HQ in Glasgow and moving official jobs out of Whitehall and across the Scottish border. Um, he said that would end what he called the Westminster knows best approach to policy making so that Scottish voices shape everything we do as if Michael Gove gives a fuck. Not only Did will this bring new jobs and investment to Scotland, it will also strengthen the diversity of the UK civil service. So what that means is they found it can be done cheaper in Scotland and they've brought it up here. Have you seen what his wife was saying? That she, she was posting about it too. And she said, Something oh, racist, I to, probably. I spent time there and I used to love going to the ambiguous fish. Ubiquitous chip? No, she said she posted the ambiguous Oh, she said fish. that? And the ambiguous... The ambiguous chip has changed all the marketing to the ambiguous fish. A big oh my god! Fish. And she put it in the paper. Like she didn't even fact check it or anything like that. So she she got it wrong. And no, it was the first time it. that Vine has made an absolute arse of her column. She's a a hateful woman. Yeah, legs it. Yeah. Um. Oh. There. What? Oh, I had someone else on the Scottish Tories, but if, I go for it. Sorry, go for it. Will I play this comment first? I go right. I don't even know how the Conservative Party exists in Scotland. I don't know no cunt that is a fucking Tory in Scotland. I really don't. The only guy I can imagine is probably someone like Andy Murray or something. But I don't fucking know. SNP ain't the answer either. We need a strong Labour movement or a strong union party. Something left wing. And that, that's coming from a Rangers fan, so that's fucking backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, we say that in Sunday as well. I don't know who the fucking Scotland is voting Tory in this day and age. I don't understand it. No idea at all. But it's good to hear that a Labour movement and that coming from a Rangers supporter. It's good to know that. Right, yeah. So what, what I had on the Scottish Tories was they vowed, if they get into power, to, get, to cancel the, the hate crime bill. Yeah. Look, look, Douglas Ross described the bill as dangerous in 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 of the threat posed if the Nationals win. So the SNP passed one of the most extreme and outrageous laws in Scottish history, and we will seek to overturn the dangerous threat to the freedoms of speech and the fundamentals of right. Hmm. This election's gonna be an interesting one. I really don't know. Because they can't be campaigning, they can't, like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be normal for sure. Are they just going to pump you on Facebook then? Like, yeah, every ad will absolutely just be, hammered by ads, I'd imagine. It'll just be some middle-aged man or woman smiling at you. Telling it, you how seems like, it seems like every time you look at the papers, it's just mere, mere bad news for the SNP. So um, there's one, I think it's the Herald today. I um, So they're saying that they're accusing the SNP, was accusing the Scottish government of uh, simply returning a partial a partial return of all secondary school pupils to the classroom as being politically motivated by the Scottish Government and all they wanted was a good news story ahead of the, the sort of May election um, they're saying that John Swinney who's the Education Secretary, his sole motivation he said it was ensuring that his sole motivation was the pupils' well-being um, but the Assistant Secretary of the EIS Teaching Union, Andrea Barclay was on BBC Scotland Sunday show uh, yesterday and said the decision seemed to be a political one rather than one that was based off a sound educational principle. Um, certainly it wasn't one that is taken into account of very real circumstances in which teachers are working under quite significant pressure and stress over the last six months. Teachers are really struggling with the workload. Um, 
So I'd, every time you look at the paper, something bad for the SNP. That's not good at all for them. Hopefully it works out. But it'll be an interesting watch anyway. Yeah. We'll probably um, end up going... Sorry. I will be live for sure. I will be covering yeah. the election live. Um, Bojo has been in a, a chairing a, a meeting today of a crime task force to see what more can be done to protect women on Britain's streets. Um, the chief of Metropolitan Police, Chris the Dick, was defending our fucking job last night. Everybody was calling for it to resign over how Scotland Yard has sort of policed London and the vigil that was held for Sarah Everard, um, who we also honoured at the weekend. Um, thousands of activists, what they're saying is marching and protesting and things like that. It wasn't a march, it wasn't a protest, it was a vigil. It was held at Clapham Common um, by Reclaim These Streets, um, where Sarah was last seen alive. Four people were arrested at this vigil for breaching coronavirus rules. And I don't know if you've seen on social media, but um, the statue of Winston Churchill that is sort of like at Parliament Square, just next to where the House of Co- Palace Westminster is, um, there was police circled around that statue of Winston Churchill and the people nearby heard on their, the police radios protect the Churchill statue at all costs. That's, so that's what they that's... cared about in, in that moment was the statue of Churchill. Winston. Um, and on that, on the Sarah Everard movement and the sort of reclaim these streets, um, the SNP has joined the Green Party peer Baroness Jones and uh, the Tory MSP Annie Wells um, for calling out for, well, so what, what Hannah Bardell says, I'm going to read the quote in full just because people are misquoting her and it's getting taken in different ways. The quote is, um, if the notion of a curfew, so what, what she's saying is that a nighttime curfew should ban men from being on the streets after six o'clock at night um, in areas where women have been killed. If the notion of a curfew on men, because a very few, a very small few behave so badly, is so abhorrent to you, stop for a second and think about all the times women have had their freedoms limited or been told to stay indoors because of a violent man. I don't want anyone to have to stay inside because of the actions of a few. Let's not forget much of the violence against women occurs inside and at home, but we may well be at the stage where we need to discuss all the options, even the ones that sound a bit wacky. Um, so this idea of curfew, so that was said by Hannah Bardell of the SNP, uh, MP for Livingston, um, but it was first sort of suggested by the Green Party Baroness, Baroness Jones, and there was a big outcry then, and when she went on Sky News, she said, that, I was just trying to highlight that when police victim blame by asking women to stay home, why don't we react? We just think that's normal. Um, I think what they were sort of intending to be was like not maybe no let's actually impose this curfew but like she says other we need to think outside the box on this one because why should it be that women need to be the one that stay inside I hope this Sarah Everard thing will bring real change though I hope so too I hope it works out yeah Um, another story here that is not good news Um, homeless people are um, have been put in hotels and sort of B&Bs to safeguard them um, during COVID, especially people that have suffered domestic and sexual abuse. Um, there have been more than 14,000 Scottish households effectively trapped in temporary accommodation. Shelter Scotland has warned the SNP um, that even though they're in this sort of temporary accommodation, they're still in the starting blocks due to a lack of suitable homes. Rough sleepers, particularly in Glasgow and Edinburgh, have been temporarily housed in hotels during the pandemic but Shelter has warned no plan has been drawn up for when accommodation is no longer available. It's got fears that vulnerable people are not being given the adequate support they need. 
Um, and Alison Watson, the director of Shelter Scotland, said that moving them off the streets is a very welcome measure and there's been a lot of success in that. But they basically just move the problem from one place to another and long term aren't addressing how we can really help these people moving forward. Because while it is good to put them in the hotels long term, what are we going to do going forward? When the pandemic's finished, we kind of just tip them out in the streets. That's not right at all. Look, the, the whole thing of that, were they not that hotel in Glasgow that a big coronavirus thing hit, if you remember? Yeah. I'm not sure if the ones down here, like, I'm not sure what, if we're using, but is that a coronavirus thing? Like, you know, the big one near the IBM? Not the IBM, the, the bank. Oh, no, is I don't know thing? if that is. I'm not sure if that is or not, but I know a whole, whole bunch of hotels have been used for that, and a, a whole bunch of men have been used to house people coming in after aeroplanes and that, they need to isolate, so... Um, but it's not a long-term strategy just to have homeless people living in, in hotels no. and stuff like that and then turf them out when the pandemic's sort of over, it kind of going. No, it's because I don't think they're allowed in during the day. Uh, it might be different now, but it's usually at nine o'clock, like shipping out time, and it's like, I'll oh, come back at eight. Mm. Like that's, that's no good um, either. Another thing that's kind of interesting is there's been a, a site found in Orkney from the Iron Age and it suggested it was a massive party. Um, there was more than eight, 18,600 shells were found there, sort of, um, of like limpets and periwinkles. Um, so it dates it back, radiocarbon dating dates it back to the 5th or 6th century AD, um, and there was a big fire pit they used to cook the shellfish <clears throat> before handing it out to hungry guests. So there was like over 18,500 of them, um, and then the shells were then put back into the pit sort of after the party just to sort of tidy up and get rid of them. Um, the Shellfish Supper was a single event, most likely, presumably attracting a high number of in- invitees. And it's an astonishing number of shells for such a short-lived single event. So there must have been like, a, there must be a, a special event or a feast or something involving like, a whole community or something like that. But that's really interesting, yeah. isn't it? Like a big party buffet thing. Like big I remember it was like a big, huge sort of local event of some sort. Yeah. So I'm going to cover something again that we've talked about, about dog napping and things. Uh-huh. And what people are doing, the newest one that's came up is people are now dressing up as RSPCA people with the vans and all and coming up to your door and knocking and knowing that you've got like a well-bred dog and going, your dog is actually stolen. We're going to have to take this off you and have what looks like real papers and stuff to tell you that your dog is stolen and then take it and take it to either sell or breed. They've also found shopping lists of these people online like they're looking for just pretty much like if you're looking for that dog they'll find it for you which is it's just so getting to you can place an order pretty much of what people you can want place and an order. Get it. I, I pretty much so what it's they're doing is they're, terrible it's despicable that it makes me fear for max and you sound because he's a pedigree pooch as you know we have his papers I know, don't even say that to me, ten people to come and try and take him, and like, he is a not, I can't even face it. He has a mutt with one leg, and he's gay. See if I can talk on something weird. You know the mm-hmm. insurance company, Aviva? Aviva, yeah. So they've come out and said that home insurance claims have, have trebled in the last year because people have bought hot tubs for the pandemic because they can't fucking go anywhere. Um, so there's been an 188% year-on-year increase in accidental damage claims in 2020. So people are saying that they've accidentally burst a hot tub with a grass trimmer 
or a bird has picked a hole in it or a, a mouse or something. Um, an engagement ring ripped to the lining. Um, a parasol has fell on it and they've also had people claiming for items dropped in it, like mobile phones and a whole bunch of hot tubs were stolen as well. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, who steals a hot tub though? But it is, look, it came up to me, it was, it was a fancy thing or something in a big swimming pool and now that your mum's got one and the one at the van too. Look, it's just, I've got one in a caravan. It's just a regular, look, to me it's we a fancy thing. We might not have one in a caravan anymore, so it's not been a caravan in like a year, so somebody might have took it. <laughs> Stolen. But it's, I just think they're interesting, especially now they're actually, I didn't realise how cheap they were. Like, to me, I thought they'd be thousands of pounds like for like 200 no, you can get them really cheap because I remember back at the start of the pandemic, it was like they were flying little hotcakes. Like people were desperate to get hot tubs just because they knew they were going to be stuck in the house and they wanted something. I was not in the middle aisle, the middle fantasy aisles of uh, Aldean Little. Aye, they were everywhere like last year, and it became they were hard to get as well. Um, I'd have wanted it put it in a car parking space because we've got our own car parking space. We could have just put it there. See, on the dog thing as well, um, and this is something that's worried me as well, is like a dog owner, because I've obviously been at home constantly with my dog since last year, and like my husband's been here, and you've been here, so everybody's always here, and Max likes it when everybody's home, like he gets like comfort from that, because he's quite an anxious dog, but dog trainers are you saying that they're going to see a, a, a surge in demand for our dog training services, because um, dogs and puppies especially are going to experience severe behavioural problems, and it's called, they're calling it um, a pandemic puppy syndrome. So the pandemic's pampered pets. So because they're like they're not really being like socialised as much with other dogs, they've constantly had their owners with them and stuff like that. They're merely like, to like, sort of bark and stuff throughout the day. The, the stress could make them sick and stuff like that. So that's a concern. Yeah, I've seen this uh, before also, but that, we kind of stopped that by actually taking them everywhere. Now we look like the mystery, mystery ink from Scooby-Doo because we don't yeah. go anywhere without them. But I, it's incredible as well. The RSPCA website has said that searches for the words puppies near me has increased by 650% between March and August of last year compared to the year earlier. And the number of thefts increased as the price of puppies rose. Um, and Nottinghamshire police became the first force to appoint a specialist dog theft officer. That's, it's mental. Look, we've been stuck in, in and everyone's like, oh, let's get a doggy. <laughs> but again, Dogs are not for Christmas. Dogs aren't just for the pandemic. Like, what will happen when people go home? Will it become a buyer? Will it be, this stops? Will it become a buyer's market when everyone starts to work at home again? Or They'll work, just all be not abandoned at, at shelters. That's what happens. I don't know. Like in some ways, like I would happily rehome my dogs that that's happened to. Like there'll be a cockapoo. Yeah, but we can't get all the dogs. We could try. Um, if we can stay on animal news, if I can ask you as well, you once lived in Dundee, is that right? Dundee, beautiful town. Dundee. Um, there has been an appeal launched after two meerkats were found wandering about in Dundee. Um, they were just spotted by members of the public strolling about the place. Um, the rescuers who collected the stray creatures checked the local wildlife park, but all of their meerkats were safely accounted for. It is now believed that animals spotted on the city's south road on Friday and Saturday may have been kept locally as exotic pets. So they were just, they were, they said they were, they appeared quite tame. They weren't too happy about being picked up. 
and how comfortable they are around humans. It's possible they might have been kept as a pet at some point. But imagine that just walking through Dundee and just seeing wee meerkats just strolling about. I would. I want to see them at a bus stop doing that Aye. standing thing, looking back Definitely. and forth. I'd be like, I smoked something weird. All right, we've got another comment. Let's okay, see what it is. Go ahead. It's a bit annoying because if you look after a dog, you know how much time and effort it takes. But it's like when Game of Thrones came out and everyone wanted a husky, and then people had the novelty wear off, and they started to find out that they need walking two times a day and they need brushing and need to look after their coat and stuff like that. Like, <clears throat> actually, you start finding dogs just fucking chained up and left. Yeah. That makes me so sad to see that, that like, people don't really think it through. Because, like, our dog, we never um, went into intending to get a dog. Like, he's been rehomed from somebody else. Like, because somebody took him on, thought it wasn't going to be as big a, a, like, a deal as it was, and they worked and stuff like that, didn't have the time. So that's how we end up with Max and Newshound. Yeah, because I remember a few years ago that pugs became so hot. I hate yeah. using that phrase. That they were overbred so much. So I think it was, like, the 2012 litter of pugs they all had like really bad backs because of it because mm-hmm. like, they were so like everything was bred with everything oh we've got another comment i go for it what neighborhood are you guys from it sounds it sounds familiar but i can't place it we are in greenock and reclaimed greenock yeah um but i wish i was in dundee so i could have seen them meerkats can you do your dundee accent um, what did he say? Deed bodies, care board boxes. As soon as he said deed bodies, care board boxes, you can just talk like that from there, eh? I can't do it. I can only and say you... deed bodies and care board boxes. It's like it's funny that you lived in Australia in America for years, and I lived in Dundee for like a year and a half, and I came back talking to my mum like that. We got a bottle of ginger, eh, eh, mum? And she's like, "You don't well, don't talk like that." And that was it. I'm terrible accents. I just can't. I wish I could just picked up a nicer accent. So I was. I've I was I've lived out of this country for like thirteen, fourteen years and you'd never think I'd even been on a plane before. Like I wish I had a nice accent. I don't know if the Dundonian accent counts as a nice accent. It's just you, you almost sing your words. It's great. Yeah. I think if I could have any I would like an Irish accent. I think their accent's yeah, lovely. That's, that's a that's a win. Oh, two comments. Now. Bang on. Hopefully it's not about my Dundonian accent. It's a great accent. <laughs> Can either of you do an American accent? No. I can't. I, I lived in no. America for like six, seven years and I can't do it. I'm afraid I'm absolutely shocking. No, I'm, I can't do accents. Them I... boys on the East Coast, it sounds like they got brain damage. They got, like you saying, like, eh. <laughs> and they stop and pause for about 15 minutes between words. I know it's like it's such a difference between us and then like, the way people in Edinburgh speak. Every time, because my mum lives in Fife, and every time I got there, they're like, "Oh, you're a wee Jay, your accent's so strong," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, is it?" <laughs> but I think Fife people talk fucking weird. Like when I got there, I'm like, "Them people are weird up there. They're really odd." They do the singing thing also. Aye. Try, try to keep a rhythm with your words, and that's how they sound when we go up a wee bit. Eh. Hey. You're not know, fair in here, are you? You sound like you're a wee Jay. I like A and Ken. Who the fuck's Ken? Do you Ken like Kirkcaldy area like? Yeah. This, this, could, this could go bad. I'm... I know it's going to go bad. We'll go next comment. <laughs> Would you like to hear my American accent? I think Luke has probably got an accent because he doesn't sound like he's 100% Scottish to me. 
think so you can fly. Look. Right, look, he's your American <laughs> accent then, which could be your actual take, legit accent is what I'm believing. Or take us around the world with all your accents. Because you've definitely got some sort of accent. We're waiting um, on your look. In the meantime, while Luke gets back to his, and oh. oh, is that him now? Right, go for it. Are you guys saying that you don't think I'm actually Scottish and that this is my real accent? A hundred fucking percent. The way he said Scottish there. It could be a play, though. No, I don't it? know, but look, Luke, you've got me questioning. I, but you're definitely not Scottish. If you are Scottish, you've lived in this country for a short amount of time and moved somewhere else. You could be a Scottish person that's moved to America. Wait, wait, is is Thingmy here? Is is Freddie still here? What do you think on Luke's accent? Do you call bullshit on the accent? Because that's really good if it's calling bullshit and he's actually just from like Clyde Bank or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm from London. I just love to do accents. No, that was um, shit, Luke. That's really bad. Nah, it was. It was not as good. Oh, you try doing that, wherever the fuck you meant to be from, you're probably going to get your cunt punched in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a not bad Scottish accent, no, Luke's accent was alright, but his American accent is much more believable to me, so that's why I think he might be from the other side of the pond. <laughs> uh, that was shitty. <laughs> right, anyway, I need to move on to other stuff. The phone boxes, the red phone boxes that we used to have to make actual phone calls before we could text people, um, BT are now going to repurpose 4,000 of them phone boxes across the UK, going to transform them into museums, libraries and homes for defibrillators. What would you, if you'd like a, a phone box that was in your control to sort of use it for some other purpose, what would you do with it? I'm painting it TARDIS blue, or I'm putting books in it. I'd make it a bar. If it was indoors, I'd probably make it a bar or a shower. It says um, since 2008, more than 6,600 phone boxes have been taken on by communities for just a pound each through the Adopt a Kiosk programme. I don't even think we've got a phone box in here. I'm trying to think. It's like, To me, the only people that use phone boxes, I know this is a general sweeping statement, is usually junkies. Yeah. That's, that's a... Or if you're trying to light a cigarette and you're outside, like mm-hmm. I'll jump into your phone box so the wind doesn't get around me. I remember when I was in Vegas with mum and dad and I was like 15 or 16 or something and the phone boxes there were just covered in like cards for like prostitutes and stuff yeah. and my dad lifted so many of them and brought them home for Bryce, who was my boyfriend of like six months at the time and, and just gave my boyfriend them. all these cards of like hookers. Because, not to sound like a dick, but before there were computers and stuff like that, I know this is wrong, I was about nine to about 12 because we would mm. go to the phone box and phone Childline. There used to be a phone box in a tune like near where mother care was, but on that side of the tune. Oh yeah. Can I remember no, no. and I'd phone my dad to collect me. There would be a whole bank over near the end of the tune where Savers was. Uh, like that whole wall. And was there like one over by where that steakhouse is now in in Cathcart Square? No, there were two sitting there, then there were one right outside the the uh, post office too. The only one, the only sort of public phone I can think of in Greenock that you can access now is if you go to Morrison's and there's that one that phones in Buckley Taxis directly. I cannot think of any public phones you've got. Because you wouldn't you... get anywhere, you just say to somebody, can you phone me a taxi or something if your phone's dead or whatever. Yeah, I can't think of any phone boxes. Did you want to play that comment? Right. 
<laughs> when was the last time a phone box was used for its intended purpose? I mean, <laughs> I think the universal way of thinking of a phone box now, it's just a... It's a fucking public toilet, it's a urinal. People go in there on the night when they're pissed and they piss all over the fucking thing. See, I would say if there's any phone boxes still standing in this country, they're used primarily for adult activity on nights out, is what I would say. I'm going to say that because it's only 6 o'clock at night, we're not past watershed, so we'll keep it clean. Being um, in a phone box. Speaking of adult activity, though, there is a call-out by the British Fertility Society saying that these celebrity mothers who have their babies in mid-40s are misleading sort of your everyday woman, um, according to this IVF expert. So you know, looking at these women who sort of want children um, and they think they can leave it later and later because celebrities are doing it, but really women who want two children should leave it no later than 28 to start trying, so I'm absolutely fucked. A woman aged 25 has a 25% chance of conceiving per month. At 40, it's probably only 1 or 2%, so it drops rapidly. Somebody is my not? age, there is no worth to you at all. Not only did you not get any presents on Sunday, but the British Fertility Society yeah. says you are worthless as a human. You wouldn't let you buy his cars from Mark or from Max? From Mark? Did you call him Mark? Mark. I called him Mark. It's his Sunday name. Ow, fuck. Oh, I've got a stabbing pain. Oh, because you know what it is, though? I probably got a stabbing pain because somebody's got a voodoo doll of me and you know what I was about to say. I know we've talked at fucking length about the royal family, but they're in the news, so we must cover it. We're going to do it quickly and quietly and have none of your moaning. Um, but for Mother's Day and Sunday, um, the children of William and Kate wrote um, Mother's Day card to their late grandmother, Princess Diana. Charlotte wrote, Dear Granny Diana, I'm thinking of you on Mother's Day. I love you very much. Papa is missing you. Lots of love, Charlotte. Um, George wrote, Happy, Happy Mother's Day. I love you very much and think of you always. Sending lots of love from George. And we, Louis, who just drew a wee picture and put stickers on it. What's your opinion on that? Why have they made that public? Because you can see the pictures that are in the paper. They've been scanned in. Why have they shared that? That's Actually, they've been less personal, I think. Yeah, that is personal. It's just because if you're going to make like a big pyramid of who's everyone's favourite royals, Diana's still going to be like the top of that, is she not? If you think mm-hmm. about it, like people, she is the, I can't even remember, like, she is the people's princess. Mm hmm. Um, the you know the French sort of satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo it was yeah in the press a lot. Um, they are being criticised now because on their latest edition they've got an illustration of the Queen kneeling on the Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle's neck, um, sort of in an echo of George Floyd's death. And some are saying that that's way too extreme. It is a bit on touching the nerve for me. Is but that's what they do. Like, I know, that's, that's what they do, but like to me, I don't know that I would buy that. I would buy that. But not because of the royals, just due to the sort of connotations of George Floyd. I don't think that's something that yeah, they should be yeah. using for like, a, such a, 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 a silly point like that. Like It's such a serious thing. I don't think they should be using it for like, a cheap shot like that. Um, other royal stuff. The Duchess of Sussex has apparently written to Buckingham Palace because Buckingham Palace came out saying they've instructed a law firm to handle a sort of independent inquiry into bullying claims against Meghan and what she wants now is all the evidence that they've apparently got against her. Uh, a spokesman for the Sussexes was contacted by the Mail on Sunday. They declined to comment um, and the palace has decided to put this investigation to independent external investigators instead of the in-house inquiry that they initially announced. Um, and a royal source, interestingly enough, has actually told the Sunday Times yesterday the actual worst incidences haven't come out yet. So there's further shit that's going on with the royals that we still don't know. 
So probably to the annoyance of you all, we'll be talking about the Royals again going forward, no doubt. See, well, we've got a comment, but see, because I... of the Royals, we'll just go with a comment. We need we need to take a leaf out of the French's book and have a have a little revolution. Get rid of the one percent. <laughs> get rid of all the manor houses and chateaus and all that shit, and just uh, have a people's uprising. <laughs> Fuck the monarchy and all. So outdated, man. Like, we're one of the only countries in the world that still has a monarch. It's embarrassing. That is yeah, ridiculous. I think people are getting over it now. Like this this whole Meghan Markle thing is throwing the cat amongst the pigeons, I think. Uh, it's, they're just pretty much the Disneyland of, like, the tourist attractions. Really. Yeah. Are they really? Do they make as much money, like, like for that, coming to visit to see it? No, I've heard that even that sort of bullshit that people looked into like Stonehenge and stuff like that and saw things like that actually made more money and people actually going to London for the, the Harry Potter tour thing that you can get. People are more interested in that. Because how, I, I, how can they say the Royals make money? Because you can't even count the money that comes in from, say, people visiting Buckingham Palace or whatever. Like somewhere like, I guess, at Balmoral you can count because you pay in, but I don't know. But if you think about it, is it the merch they're talking about? Because like, every single merchandise shop's got a big thing with her face on it and her it's probably the people that is, is bringing to Britain with a view of going to the palace and then they'll buy other things from the here and support tourism and stuff like that but um, the Americans which were the ones that always wanted to come to Europe and that was their big thing about going overseas because that's what the Americans mean when they say they're going overseas and they're going to Europe and uh, they come to London to see all the royal stuff but now the Americans fucking hate us because they know that we're all racist well we're not racist <laughs> but the royals are racist alright we've got a comment here Tell you what's embarrassing, uh, not having a monarchy. Do you ever see in Ireland the way they pick their monarch once every four years or their president once every four years and he just goes around stroking dogs and waving at people? It's an absolute embarrassment, but the only thing Britain's got left is the bloody monarchy. One stable constant like God, you know, it's like uh, Brexit's fucked us, this pandemic's fucked us, there's nothing stable to hold on to in this reality anymore but the royal family so i used to hit them as well and then they gave my mum an award you so they bought my loyalty <laughs> and uh but yes they're only there for us to throw metaphorical oranges at anyway you know they're good cover um you know that's what they're there for they're basically a good distraction and why not we all need a bit of distraction that's a good point, though, that somebody's going to need to put the, the heckles in it and then it's easy for them to be at. Was his mother knighted? Or would it be damned? You don't say damned, do you? Well, you can get her a damehood or a knighthood, Jerry. You can get her yeah. or something. My granny and granda went to the, the garden party thing. You know the proper one in London, like the one in Balmoral? But they went to that. My granny had an outfit on that looked like an old pair of curtains. I bet she ate some, like, cucumber sandwiches. I'm guessing that's a place for cucumber sandwiches. Oh, for sure. See, when I went to Balmoral, I went up just in a wee uh, drive with my mum and they'd pay in and walk through the fucking thing and it's just all like tart and fart and tweed, like typical stereotype Scottish stuff you'd see. In the wee cafe there, do you know how much I paid for a small bottle of Coke Zero, like the 500ml bottle you get, it's a wee bottle? Do you know how much it was? How much was that? £3.50. No, that's not right. That's why and I had to buy them. two. I had to spend seven fucking pounds in that cafe up there for me and my mum to get a drink. And you can get a crate of that, a crate of 24 cans for £6 in Tesco. You're making Absolute me sound like, 
You're making me sound like my mum. That's why I've got a man bag, because I can't. See, saying that, though, I, le- I went to the, the boat, the Royal Yacht Britannia thing that's up in Edinburgh. I went there with Bryce and we had, like, soup and a sandwich and crisps. It's a chip, like, french fry chips. And it's the nicest chips I've ever had, the nicest soup and nicest sandwich. So I would, if you want to go to a royal thing, I would recommend you go to Edinburgh and go to the Britannia thing, which is not even there anymore, really. It belongs to Historic Scotland or whoever it is that's running it, but it's better going on that boat. That's probably the best royal experience I've had. All right, we've got another comment. Oh, three, three comments. Three comments. Let's, let's go. Let's roll it. 100% the royal family do not contribute more than what they take. It's absolutely impossible. Think of all the manor houses across the country. That's England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. All these places that they've maintained and like the when they're travelling around the world uh, and they're going on these fucking mad journeys and stuff, or uh, everything is paid for by us. It's all taxpayers' money. They literally own nothing. They just fucking live off us. It's it's, it's a mad one. It's the most expensive soap opera there's ever fucking been. That's a, a point as well. In the things that they do own, they like sort of keep it in their, their private knowledge. They've got a massive art collection that's worth millions, maybe billions of pounds. They do own properties and stuff like that, but they don't want the the the, the country to have access to it and things. And like so, like a place like Balmoral, that's actually like owned by the monarch. It's passed from monarch to monarch. That's not like part of the crown. That's like part of the public purse. That's part of the crown. Um, and so like, going to places like that, you have to pay in it, which is absolutely ridiculous, given how much we fund them and mental, but they do things like that to try and justify themselves. But anyway, next comment. It's the nicest chicken we've ever had in our life, mate. Up the haggis. Lovely, lovely. If anyone needs a royal family to feel fucking stable, I'm telling you, that's mental health. Or you need to get a grip, man. Because <laughs> if they rang me up tomorrow and they go, Freddie, right, we're going to knight you. There's no fucking chance I'm bending the knee in front of the Queen so she can stick a fucking sword on my shoulder. She can suck a big fat one. Would you do that if you were offered a knighthood, Brownie? Would you take it? You're muted, by the way. Are you speaking or are you just... Have you checked out? No, I'm speaking. Like, Freddie, you're knighted here. Like, we... You are now Sir Frederick. Uh, but you don't need to take any. You can just, you can just hang out. No knees taken. I wouldn't take it like, if they offered me any sort of stuff like that. I, I don't think I would take it, no. No, it's not for me. My mum would be raging, though, because if I did get invited for something like that, she would want me to take her to the palace and stuff like that. So I might go so I could like, steal the toilet roll and take my mum in that, but then change my mind at the last minute and say, no, no, I don't want to have changed my mind. I've got bad knees. <laughs> bad knees. Right, we've got hundreds of comments. We need to batter through these. I'll give you a laugh, right? So it was a, it was an OBE or something for social work, right? You know, and it was a really nice thing because she had worked during the Troubles. In Northern Ireland, working her butt off, with no mobile phone and only shoulder pads to protect her, you know, in all these horrible areas. And um, but yeah, I'll give you a laugh on all the, um, in all the, in the cases, Windsor Castle, they have all this like stolen art from all the colonies they fucked over. <laughs> they had like the Aboriginal case and everything, and all these stolen pieces of art from all around the world. I know they're rats. It's fucking mental. See, when you go to the, the Britannia boat, they've got like, bits of like things they've found in other countries, and all these other countries say like, they want the things back where they belong because yeah. it shows their history and stuff. And look, we talked the other day about the, no. the the jewel that's in our fucking crown thing. That, that shouldn't be where it is. That should be... Where, who wants that? Is it here in India? Aye. Uh, we, we talked about it like half of the, the fucking London Museum is like everyone wants stuff back. Yeah. There's just right, stolen like... things everywhere and that's what they made up their fortunes. Yoink. Like. 
Wash up this white woman you're taking all your stuff. Right, play stuff. What's the topic of conversation in here? What is it? Mouth of the Clyde. What's that about? We're just talking about the news and that, just boring stuff. We're talking about royals just now. If you've got any views on the royals, send that in. Realistically, who cares about the royal family? Honestly, mate. Well, There's still some people going on about this Meghan Markle uh, interview. Get over it. That's their issue, not ours. Focus on our own issues. I think, I think that's where people are more deluded. They're more focused on other people's issues than their own. Get on with it, mate. Get on with it. Who cares? They're in LA. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? It's just boring. It's boring, boring, boring. Watch football, smile and enjoy the sunshine, yeah? I agree with that as well. Like just let them go, yeah. let them go on with it. Like if they want to do it, let them out. Like, but maybe people just like we Freddie was saying, they're like the most expensive soap opera ever. Maybe people just want that like escapism, and I don't know. It's mental on it anyway. Like we've got still got enough. That's for Freddie. He's deluded. He doesn't know what he's on about. Why is Freddie in here, guys? He, he, he's clueless. Oh, Freddie, the oh. man called you. Can't be slagging for Freddie. He's our pal. Don't tell me any of you in here support Boris Johnson either. If there's anyone in here that supports Boris Johnson, mate, you're clueless as well, just like Freddie. <laughs> no, this is a Tory free zone, K-Man. Yep. Just got to look what the Commonwealth and the Union is built on. It was built around the time the slave trade was kicking off and they needed ports, they needed ships, and that's why it was fucking made. Sim- simple, simply to do business with human trafficking. So... I think it's time it ended. People are getting called out on it now. The Union, the Queen, everything that goes with it. It's built on a foundation of racism. That's true. But uh, in the way, like, uh, it's only coming out now that they're all big racist cons. Like, what a surprise. They're They're literally there because they see themselves as, like, fucking genetically in line for the throne. So it's no surprise that they're bloody racist. It's like... Whenever she married that guy, she knew what she was getting into, marrying a prince. It's like marrying, uh, or going in to marry a prime minister and then complaining whenever the, uh, you know, complaining with all the stuff you have to do. She knew what she was at. Aye, she she, well, she says she didn't know. She says she'd been raised in America. She knew very little about it and all that. And the thing that, I don't know, that a lot of people on Twitter have said that was annoying about her was... Um, she when her the sort of mutual acquaintance introduced them, she said to her friend, "Is he nice? Is he kind or something like that?" That's not what you would ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no. I think she's like talking bullshit about not knowing who the royal family are. Like even America, even when I lived in America, people fucking knew who the royals were. But I think that's horseshit. If you look back, she had a blog on the. She did a blog post on the wedding on William's wedding. Oh, did she? Yep. Oh. So she's talking shit. Yeah, piss K-Man off earlier, because he's the only guy I know that used to be a Celtic fan, but now he's a Chelsea fan, so he's a bit fucking sore on me. We're getting in the middle of the drama we used to. Meghan Markle knew who the royal family was, mate. She talks a bunch of... She talks rubbish, mate, yeah? Who doesn't know who the royal family is, mate? Exactly. She knows who it was. She's just done an interview, this and that. Oprah was one of the best uh, actors I've ever seen. She should be given an Oscar for it. She already knew the answers yeah, that were going to be coming. Yeah. That's what I mean, it's boring me. It's not genuine, it's boring. And the whole thing of Oprah sitting down at the beginning saying, oh, just to clear the air, like me and you are friends and we live close to each other, but you don't know the questions I'm about to ask and you haven't pre-approved these. Horse shit. There's no way they're going to that without any say. 
of what's going on. They've got control over everything. Before they even quit the royal family, they went and get themselves a PR agency. Absolute bullshit. I don't buy that. No, not at all. Look, the, the whole thing with that was like, I was at your wedding just letting all people know what, mm-hmm. that we're friends. It's odd. The whole thing Aye. was set up. I'm sick of talking about the royals. They've been on more case constantly. We're going to kick off now. We've done more hour of news. We're going to be back with you on Wednesday. Come back and chat to us, Freddie. K-Man, it's been good to have you. And um, who else have we had on today? We've had Zippy, no. Eglantine, who is man with the, the OBE. Come back Wednesday and speak to us. Last uh, comment. As for Freddie, he's upset that I actually support a successful team and his team's only been around <laughs> for 10 years and they've just won the league titles. He needs to calm himself down. Yeah, he's obsessed with me. And this whole Celtic thing, he wishes I was a Celtic fan. I was never ever a Celtic fan. And he knows my views on Scottish football. He's upset because I know Scottish football's rubbish. He knows Scottish football's rubbish. And if Rangers come up against any decent opposition, just like Celtic come up against any decent opposition, they get blown away 5 0, 10 0. They're rubbish, mate. Yeah. Enjoy Stephen Gerrard as well, mate. He's slipped a few times. We all know about that. Chelsea know about that. He's slipped. He's domestic with Freddie and K-Man. I don't know if we should be encouraging this. Makes me laugh, right? K-Man follows me everywhere. <laughs> Every sports group passed a deal with on stereo. Fucking K-Man and Freddie arguing for the fucking comments. It, it's getting me tired, but I won't give up on this cunt. Right, well, we're not encouraging this any further. I think we should get a conflict resolution. Come and chat to us on Instagram, at Mouth of the Clyde. We're going to kick off. We're going to be back on Wednesday. For you, doing news and other right. drama for like the same sort of time. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks we'll see you for coming Wednesday. and chatting to us. Be good, boys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>